what are the things in this world that I know are not, that I know shouldn't be important to me, but I dig my heels in and I say, this is the hill I'm gonna die on and I'm gonna fight to the death, knowing full well that only a little bit later, I'm gonna abandon this and not care about it. Welcome to the Single Mom Cast. I'm Mel Hyatt, and today in the studio we have our friend Kim Heineke with us. Hello. Kim, welcome. Hello. If you've been with Arise for a while, you know Kim. You'll recognize her voice. Kim, you were on staff with Arise for 11 years. Right. Right. And then you passed the baton. 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 Okay, I got it right. <laughs> when I said it out loud, I thought that doesn't sound right. You passed it to me, yes. and you just went on to live your best life being a, a friend and a volunteer and a partner of Arise. That's true. And honestly, I think it might have been really fun if we had just held on to the baton together. I mean, you're, you seem faster than me, so that could have been a blast. It's possible. It's possible. And I'm, I, I'm glad I now know that it's... A baton. I think all of my life I've been <laughs> saying it wrong until this very moment. So glad I could set you right. Thank you. That's why you're here. Welcome. Thanks. Okay, Kim. You. We have you in the studio because we just finished our Thrive Conference, and you did a breakout for us called "Not a Hill to Die On." Right. And our moms were just talking about it like crazy, and we thought we have to continue this conversation. So tell me a little bit about that breakout and what we're going to talk about today. Sure. Well, first of all, it's fun to be back here. It's fun to yeah. sit across the table from you and, and talk about things and laugh a little bit. We just had a, a great off-air discussion for about 20 minutes, and your listeners probably would have enjoyed that as well. <laughs> probably so. So not a hill to die on. Honestly, this is something I say to my kids all the time, something I say to myself or my friends whenever I'm thinking about, is this really important? Um, I think those moms probably liked me because I did confess to them that I hadn't shaved my legs in probably a week, and I had Frodo feet at the conference. <laughs> and so I'm telling them, like, really, I'm as normal and as scattered as anybody sitting in that room. But... Let's do something that I did with, with the ladies in the group. For those of you listening, just think about what's the most important thing to you. Okay. And, and I'm going to ask you because you're sitting across from me. What would you say? What are the most important things to you? It's okay to give the Sunday school answer because everyone, if I were asking you to write this down, everyone would give the Sunday school answer like God and my family. and. Yeah, I actually paused thinking I'm supposed to. I need to tell you what I'm supposed to say, right, which would right. be, um, I'm, and it's true, but I'm not sure if there's other things that compete with these things. Right. So I would say um, God, family, and probably my favorite dog, Fletcher. Oh, don't get me started Fletcher. on the dog thing. <laughs> my dog's getting spayed at this very moment, and I'm honestly thrilled that she's going to be kind of lethargic for the whole day. This is like birthday for me. Anyway, but that's beside the point. There are things that we know that should be the most important thing to us. Yeah. But then there's part two. If I asked you, but what's really important to you? And think about where you spend your money and where you spend your time. What does your calendar and your bank account say about you? What's important to you? We might answer differently. I might say, well, what's really important to me is finishing this documentary on Netflix or my social media or 
whatever it might be. There are some different things that are important to us that we wouldn't answer initially. Right, getting rid of the wrinkles on our forehead. Mm, and those are not going away until my dependents no longer share the same address. And our friends, I was thinking, you know, I wanted to say my friends, but it almost seems sometimes when you have children or all these other things that friends aren't supposed to be important, but they're so important to me. Our friends get us. Our yeah. friends are trying to get their kids out of the house, too. Yes. <laughs> We're all trying to grow them up and move them out. <laughs> Together. I'm almost an empty nester. I have like eight years left. Do you see the finish line? Yes. Okay. It's a bright light. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the third piece of that is there are things that we say are important. There's things that we know that are important. But if we're really honest with ourselves. There's some things that are, that are important to us, and we don't want to admit it. We don't want to write those down. We, we don't even want, we wish they weren't important to us. But if we just really get honest with ourselves and we talk about our priorities and we think about our priorities, they don't always line up with what we would say. Yeah. So what I led the ladies down um, in that session was talking about not a hill to die on. Now, do you know where that phrase comes from? No. Okay. I'm going to give you, like, a very short history lesson that I probably will mess up because I read it on the internet. On wiki? No. <laughs> like maybe history.com, but okay. I'm sure I won't repeat it exactly right. So if this isn't right, everybody needs to understand the gist of the story and right. not email you and say, she doesn't know history. Yeah, email Kim at... Yes, all those things. <laughs> yes. So it comes from a battle in the Vietnam War where the American forces and the, no, this is where I messed it up. Were, who, was, who were the ones we were fighting, the North or the South? Oh, things we should know. <laughs> the side that we were fighting against. Yes. Our, opponent. our opponent. Our enemy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes, our opponent. They had taken this hill, and it didn't even have a name. It was like Hill 937. That's how it was shown on the elevation map. And because they were there, our forces were digging in their heels and fighting on this hill. Something like 10 days, super, super terrible battle. A thousand people on both sides combined died. Another 300 people were wounded. The soldiers referred to it as the Battle of Hamburger Hill because it was so violent and so bloody. And they said it was like being in a, in a meat grinder. Ugh. But the significance of that is that that particular hill held no military value. There was nothing worth fighting for there. It, there, there was, there was no reason to have it. Nothing strategic was there. And about two weeks later, our, our team just abandoned it after we, after we defeated the enemy there. We just walked away from it because it didn't hold any significance. So I'm asking people, I'm asking myself, what are the things in this world that I know are not, that I know shouldn't be important to me, but I dig my heels in and I say, this is the hill I'm going to die on, and I'm going to fight to the death, knowing full well that only a little bit later I'm going to abandon this and not care about it. For example, if my kid wants to color his brown hair the color of cheese because he dyed it him or bleached it himself to a degree, that's not a hill to die on. I can say that because I've died on that hill. <laughs> it was a bloody hill. But, you know, then later... You, you bribe him with brownies and he lets you diet back. It's fine. Just saying. Can you think of things in life that you say, 
this right here. I'm going to dig my heels in. I'm going to fight to the death on this. I'm going to leave it all on this hill, knowing full well this is not significant. This has no eternal value. This has, this has no relational value, but I've just decided I'm going to leave it all on the hill. Well, you know what I mean? I'm thinking that the, the soldiers that walked away that got to create this idiom of not a hill to die on, like they weren't a part of the casualty. And right. And there's, there's probably always casualties when we do that, right? Somebody's going to be injured or we're going to lose a relationship or mm-hmm. we're going to lose stock or something. And that's what I'm thinking about of what hill have I fought for and I've lost you know, relational equity or even relationships over. Right, right. When it was something that really was not significant or that was temporary. I know I'll always tell my boys, this is so temporary. That's good. You know, so. it, And it can be the little things. It's the little things like we think we have to be all of these things yeah. to all of our people. And we have to push forward with everything in us. I can remember. now. Now, first of all, I've been a mom for almost 25 years, so I'm pleased to say that I actually feel like I know a thing or 12 about parenting. Okay. When I first started at Arise, I think I thought I knew some things, and I did know some things, but only up to a certain age, but now I've got two kids that are moved out, one's married and one will be married by the time you hear this, Um, and so I feel like I know some things. But do you remember whenever you were a young mom and you would think, if my kid is not in competitive t-ball by the time he's four, he's going to be behind? Yeah. Or, or your kid does something squirrely as a teenager and you think, that's it. He's going to juvie. He's never going to get it straightened out. I'm going to be bailing him out of jail for the rest of his life. Or you, just, you, you go from zero to 100 real fast with no perspective and you get all wound up about things that really are insignificant. I'm not saying that squirrely teenagers are not insignificant. They're something. They're, oh, <laughs> oh, bless the Lord. They are something. <laughs> we don't know what they are. We just, they make great adults. They do. They will run great companies someday <laughs> is my theory. Right. That's my theory on my youngest. You're going to make a great CEO. Oh, goodness. Because he knows everything. Yeah, that's it's, it's good times. You um, tell me about this verse that you wrote in our notes here. Do you oh. see the Psalm 90? I do, I do. Psalm 90, 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So as we're talking about all the things that we feel like we have to do, I mean, as women and as moms, we feel like we have to keep up with the mom next door, with the mom sitting next to us at swim lessons or the mom you know, at soccer practice or the, the, the mom making the Pinterest cupcakes for yeah. school, things like that. We feel like we have to keep up. We feel like we have to perform. We feel like we have to achieve all these things. And when scripture tells us, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom, we really do have to stop and realize there's only so much we can do. And we have to make our days count, not on the insignificant things, not on the things that I, that when we walked through what's important to you and those things that we said, Oh, I wish those weren't important to me, but they really kind of are those secret things. Right. We can't spend our time there. If we, if our, if we said in the very beginning, what's important to me is family and God. Those are the things we want to be important to us. Right. We have to spend our time there. And it's an intentional 
decision to do that. Someone at the at the Thrive Conference came up to me at the end, and she shared just this um, just this thought with me that has really stuck with me. Melinda Loftus, do you know her? Mm-mm. Oh, she's great. And she she's I don't know who had shared it with her, but she said she used to tell her boys, be very careful or we get really good at what we practice. So be very careful what you practice. Mm. And I was like, oh, OK, that could have been for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, like that was good. really, really good. And it fits into this. Well, we get so focused on trying to keep up and doing all the things that we get really good at that and we just leave behind the things that we say are important to us. And I do believe that most of us want God and family and our children, all those things to be important, but they just get choked out by other things. We have 86,400 seconds in a day. That's all we have. Our children need us to spend those wisely. They need us to model what it looks like to say yes to important things and to say no to things that don't matter. You can't go to every birthday party that you get invited to. You know, I, and I, I've been this mom. I've, I've been the mom that tries to keep up and do everything. And I felt like because I was a single mom, I had even more to prove. I didn't want anybody to know that I was wrecked. Everybody knows that I'm, <laughs> that I'm undone on any given right. day, right? I'm a hot mess. Like not in the, not in the nice right. sense of the word. Like I'm a, I'm just trying to get from one day to another, like everybody else. I'm just old enough to admit, I'm a wreck. Yeah, you know. Let me ask you. You you've been over many of the hills. You said not that you're over the hill, but you've you've battled on many. <laughs> yes, hills. I've died on many. A you've hill. died on many of them. What would you say? How do you, if if I'm in that season right now, I'm, I'm going to go back to that story because those soldiers obviously didn't know that the hill they were dying on was insignificant. Right. How do we recognize that? How do we, because we're, we're as listeners and you and I in the room, we're all probably on one of those hills right now. Yes. Yes. I think there's a couple of things. You have to be really honest with yourself and say, this is these are the hills that I want to die on. These are the things okay. for me worth giving it all. And if you write those down and you really identify those things, if you, don't, if you can't identify those, then every other day there's a hill to die on and you have no sense of what is your guide. Do you know what I'm saying? No, that's good. So we make a filter. So, so we should almost write that on our mirror, right? I like think three it's not, things. And if it doesn't filter through that, like I'm not going to lose my mind over it. Right. I'm probably going to lose my mind over something. I mean, but, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell myself at 8 a.m. We're not going to lose our mind over that today, exactly, Mel. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I I think I, I wrote something or some there was something that I had sketched out one time just saying, Spiritual intimacy and training our children is attainable, but it's not accidental. So if, if the things that are important to us are our children and our relationship with God, if you can identify those, then when things come along and you have to consciously ask yourself, like I am my, truthfully, I'm my own therapist. I got therapy session going on every day, <laughs> you know, in my brain. And I have to ask myself, is this, does this have eternal significance? Mm. Does this line up with what I say is important to me? Yeah. You know, does, does this strengthen relationships? Does it, do, does it do those things? And if the answer is yes, then maybe it's 
a good thing to do. Maybe it's something worth putting my time and energy into. And if it doesn't, if it just makes me look good on social media or it just makes me feel good or it just upstages somebody else, maybe it's not worth doing. Yeah, that's good. But you really do have to identify what is important to you and then go behave like it. Yeah. I had a friend that once told me she had a a son and she said, you know, Mel, I'm raising a man, not a boy. Mm -hmm. And that stuck with me. And I'm thinking of you talking about him dyeing his hair. In those moments, if I remember that, it doesn't, it's not going to change what type of man he is. You know, I try to filter things through that of, man, if I'm raising a man, then this is important. This character is important or integrity or or whatever. I think if I'm looking at my life, honestly, when I struggle with these hills the most is when I have no margin and I'm maxed out and I'm overwhelmed. So why do we, why do we overcrowd our schedules like that and put pressure on ourselves? Why would we do that to ourselves? (laughs) It never produces. Right. Good question. We all do it. it. like Mel in that season, no, just stay away from me. And why? And I know it. Why do I do that? And I'm not fun when I'm like no, that. No, I'm so not fun. And I'm a fun person. <laughs> I believe that about you. I kind of wish my boys would just walk up and say, <laughs> Mel, or mom, <laughs> they better not call me Mel. You are not being fun right now. And, you know, instead of just giving me that, that look. That's Maybe it. we'll talk about that today. <laughs> Here's code word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, there's, a, there's a number of reasons that I think we overcrowd our schedule. Now, I'm going to say I am definitely a recovering yes addict. Okay. I have a tendency to say yes to everything that under the sun because, A, it sounds fun, and, B, I might actually be able to do it well. And sometimes I might say yes because I think, oh, somebody will think I'm really great at that. Yeah. You know, there's a little there's a little pat on the back that comes from that. Um, and I'm not proud of that. I am getting so much better. I'm learning to say, nope, I don't have the margin in my schedule. But here's why I think we do it. I think sometimes we feel like we don't have a choice. Mm. We put all these expectations on ourselves, And then we try to pretend like culture puts expectations on us. I don't know if you do that. But I will behave as if the world is putting all this pressure on me. No one is asking me to do things. We Can I tell you a dog story? I, please. Please tell me a dog story. You. Okay. I've said no to a dog for 25 years. This is not a Kimberly. joke. Kimberly. I don't, I don't want a dog. I just told you I'm thrilled that she's... I, I thought you were thrilled that she was having surgery because she would be really cuddly or something. No. Today. She will be quiet. She will be... I know. I know. I'm, not, I, I'm trying not to judge you right judge now. Judge me all you want. <laughs> the Lord can probably heal me, but I'm asking him not to heal me of this. But I didn't want a dog. Okay. okay. 20, 25 years have been saying no to a dog. My family, they wore me down. Okay. They do that. They do. We got a dog. And I said to them in the beginning, I'm not going to feed this dog. I don't want to be responsible for walking her <laughs> or taking her. I don't want to do any of it. Y'all, I'm not going to do it. And I was like, that definitely is a hill to die on. But... Four or five months into it, do you know who does all those things? I mean, I could have told you that was coming. I know. I knew that was coming. (laughs) But do you know who actually asked me to do those things? Nobody. The dog. Yeah. The dog (laughs) that was hungry. (laughs) But nobody looked at me and said, Mom, go feed the dog. I just took it on myself, and then I throw a fit, and I behave as if other people have all these expectations on me. 
there's a really good chance that if I didn't feed that dog, somebody would have fed her or we'll just leave that right there. I need to put a dog lover trigger warning on this podcast. <laughs> I don't dislike her. I dislike the responsibility of having a dog in my house. Okay. Is that fair? Are we all still friends? I mean, we're friends and I will. I don't dislike her. I, I believe I you. I was petting her. <laughs> I was petting her this morning and I was like loving on her. Oh, no. Just lost all the friends. A rise would have fired me had I. No, we're still going to be your friend. We're just going to pray for you. Pray for me. We're going to, you know. Pray for me. Mm-hmm. Do that. Anyway, we, we, long, long way around that. However, we often pretend like the world is putting all this pressure on us and these yeah. expectations. And some of these things we just don't have to pick up. Mm. They're just not our thing to, nobody's asking us to do it, but we want to act like we have all these expectations on us. Another thing we fear we're going to miss out. And so we take on everything. We, we fear that our kids are going to miss out on something. So we take on all these things. Yeah, yeah they, they might miss out on some things. They might miss out on some anxiety and some stress and some mm-hmm. feeling like we do, like we feel like we've crowded our schedule. And we're, so we're training our kids to do the same thing. And I've already said we think we have something to prove. We take on a lot of things because we're looking for a deep sense of community. But in doing that, we are walking away. We're not leaving any margin, as you say, for our relationship with the Lord to sit with him and to study his word and not feel like, oh, I've got to get to this practice and this practice and I got to bake this and I got to do this and this side hustle. And we just crowd ourselves and we just yeah. put on all this pressure on hills that are not to die on. That's like, good. I've, we just fill our time with crazy stuff and I do it. And I'm, I mean, I will have to listen to this myself and maybe be convicted about the dog, but but I'll listen to this and I'll be reminded myself that there are some things I need to say no to for the sake of my family and right. for the sake of my of my relationship with Christ. And for the sake of you. For Yes, yes. Oh, hmm. I can't afford more wrinkles. I mean, you look great. And, you know, just cover them up. Put on a hat or something. <laughs> That's what it is. So, you know, I'm thinking we get to the end of the day and we're just exhausted and we crawl into bed and we're, we're we're frustrated or all of these things that we're feeling. And this is so good. I'm going to go home and write three things on my mirror that are actually the most important things to me. And I'm going to try to filter. I'm going to try this this week. If it doesn't work, I'm I'm done. I'm just going to hang out with my dog and, (laughs) and keep griping at everybody. But how would we, how do we walk away today? We're listening, we're in our car, we're getting ready, whatever we're doing as listeners. How do we walk away today and put this into practice? We have the knowledge now of the hill. We understand margin and, and those filters. So what sort of nuggets could you give us to walk away and say, today I'm not going to die on a hill that is unnecessary? Right. couple things. Practice saying no. Practice being in those boundaries. When someone asks you to do something that you know does not line up with your time, where you say your time is important, just say, I'm sorry, I can't commit to that. Mm. You don't owe anybody an explanation. You just say, I would love to, but I can't commit to that today. I've read um, Jenny Allen's book, Nothing to Prove, which is an excellent book. There's, there's several excellent books that you might want to link in there. Um, one of the things that she says is like the... In, in a paraphrase, the problem isn't us trying to keep up or the problem isn't believing that we can't keep up because we can all agree. We can all sit around and drink coffee and go, oh, yeah, I can't keep up. 
and we can agree that we can't keep up with each other or with, with ourselves. but the problem comes in our striving to continue to wear ourselves out keeping up. Like we know we can't, yeah. but, then our, but then we get all tangled up and we keep trying. So I would say practically speaking, ask yourself the hard questions. Does this line up with what I say is important? And if it does, then do it. And if it doesn't, make a plan to not spend your time and effort there. Here, here's some hard things. Turn off your phone. Cancel your credit card. Turn off Netflix. Cancel Netflix. Be with your people. Play a game with your kids. Pick up your Bible. Be alone. Some really look at where you spend your time and your money and and don't do some of those things. It's mm-hmm. hard. I just told you. I was waiting for you to come to this podcast and I was early. So I walked around Target and $94 later, I said, Kim, you should just go wait in your car. (laughs) You know what I mean? I wasn't late, by the way. You weren't late. I was early (laughs) and I I don't have the responsibility of a dog till three o'clock today. So, you know, they're, they're just practically speaking, we have to learn to just create margin and mm-hmm. not get wound up in the what ifs. Don't what if everything. Every decision we make today does not have long lasting. What's the word? Effects. Effects. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. If your kid didn't do swim team this year, he could probably still swim in college. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we, we just we if your nine year old can't read in the second grade. They're not destined for a life of yeah. working, painting signs on a mailbox. I mean, just do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just I feel do. like we take on all this stress and pressure that we just make up ourselves. And some of these things are not a hill to die on. There's plenty of hills to die on. There's plenty of hills to die on. But not those. But not those. No. That's good stuff. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for sharing for, this with well, us. Well, thank you for having me. This no, is, it's it's so good, and we wanted to make sure our listeners were able to hear what the moms at Thrive got to hear, and I needed that today. I'm I'm literally probably going to write down. I might go draw like some hills <laughs> I th- to have this physical like exercise with myself. I I think in the session I actually showed pictures of my kid's hair that looked like he just woke up, and I promised them. He's going places looking just like this today. And for me, not a hill to die on. You want to go to Target with me looking like you just rolled out of bed? I don't care. Just yeah. don't sass me. And I, I don't care if your shoes match. Just get in the car and don't sass me. That's where I am in this world. My standards. Hey, I get it. I, I know I was like landing the plane, but I'm going to pull it back up for a second. <laughs> I remember I had this like week where you know what I'm talking about, I just do. saying it like that. And I think we got to like Sunday morning and I worked at a church and I, I mean, I think my boys were probably like tiptoeing, you know, like <laughs> she's, she's going to crack. And I said, I walked into the living room and they were both just sitting there and I sat down and I said, um, I've lost my mind a couple times this week. Right. <laughs> and they and it was their fault. Let's be clear oh, here. Sure. And they're like, Yes, ma'am. You know, <laughs> they're all like, like scared. And, and I said, I, I feel like all I've done this week has been argued. Ar- mm-hmm. We've just argued. I've, I've corrected you. There has been no fun. And again, I want to have fun. That's, yeah. I want to have fun. And that's the hard thing of being a single mom is 
my nature is to be the mom that can like navigate this and have safeguards with like fun and right. ease. And, but then you also have to shift over and do the other side of it that a partner could have done for you right. that isn't in your nature. So I was all in my like unnatural state all week and it showed <laughs> and I was heading to church, you know, and like when you're getting ready for church, you're like, Oh Lord, I need to make some amends. So I remember <laughs> sitting down with them saying, I've decided that I'm only going to freak out about three things going forward. And they're both like, okay. Because this week it was like 92 things. And I literally told them, and they know this now. They're like, what will, what do I care uh-huh. about? What do I freak out about? And it's their grades, like their homework. Yes. I need them to do that. Yes. Because um, that's their job. Uh, it's their room. Mm-hmm. Because, Kim, I just cannot. Preach. I cannot go into a room where, like, things are dripping Mm-mm-mm. from the ceiling. Mm-mm. And my Mm-mm. dishes. Oh, for the love. You know when you have two forks in the drawer and you're like, where are the forks? 14 of them are under the 15-year-old's bed. Yeah, and so I said, I said, it's your homework, it's your room, and it's your hygiene. Mm. I, I don't, and I don't have a sense of smell. So <laughs> like, uh, you didn't know this? No. This is my fun fact. It's not because of, I was, I, I've never had a sense I'm of smell. So sorry. Why? I have boys and dogs. Out. It's probably why I like dogs. I'm not missing out. I, You're I missing out on this. you, my sense of smell is not. I, I go to like. a porta potty and it just looks gross. Oh. Think about that one. Gosh. Yeah. Awesome. So I can't smell. So <laughs> for me, if you look dirty, it's a huge issue. Because <laughs> like, I know there's been several like mishaps to get to the point where. So they know. Mom will freak out with my with my grades, with my room and my hygiene and all the other. Yeah. I, can I just say stupid things? Like, I just decided that day. I didn't think about it until I got to the end of, oh, my gosh, I created three hills for them. Of, And it just alleviated me, like, losing my mind about other things. Yeah, that's good. You're not going to eat the peas? Then don't eat the peas, you know? You know what? Exactly. No one ever really got terminally ill because they didn't eat peas. I hate I honestly I don't like them either. I would. And how do you eat them them. with a spoon? I mean, that's another podcast. But you swallow them. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I learned to swallow pills. Peas. Practicing on peas that I didn't like. That's horrible. I use those miniature M and M's. Ooh, no. They taste way better. (laughs) Moms, if you're listening today, don't make your children (laughs) swallow peas. Let them swallow the little mini M and M's in the tube. (laughs) Did you make your children do that? The peas? No. Oh, okay. I don't cook them. Not a healthy diet. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like peas. Why would I, I do that to? My, I'm a, I don't know. I don't know. I, why do we do my we mortgage? Do? My menu. Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got it. <laughs> okay, Kim. I think it's time. We're gonna land this. Okay. Thank you for coming, um, moms. It might not be a hill to die on. And so we're so thankful that you listened today. Make sure you go subscribe on whatever platform you listen. And also leave us a review. That helps other single moms find us when they're looking for a podcast. And we are so thankful you listened today to the Single Mom Cast by Arise Single Moms. And you can find more resources at arisesinglemoms.com. Mm-hmm.